Galilee uh, to their own city, Nazareth. And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Like I said, we've got a lot of time stretched forth here. He was born and now he's 12 years old in the next verse. Chapter number uh, 2 and verse number 41 and his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast. And when they had fulfilled the days as they returned, the child Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem. And Joseph and his mother knew not of it. But they, supposing him uh, to uh, have been in the company, went a day's journey, and they sought him among their kinfolk uh, and acquaintance. And when they found him not, they turned back again to Jerusalem, seeking him. And it came to pass that after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors, uh, both hearing them and asking them questions. And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. And when they saw him, they were amazed. It says, And his mother said unto him, Son, why hast thou thus dealt with us? Behold, thy father uh, and I have sought thee sorrowing. And he said unto them, How is it that ye sought me? Wished ye not that I must be about my father's business? And they understood not the saying which he spake unto them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject unto them. But his mother kept all these sayings in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Amen. Correctly read, we've got Luke chapter number 2, verses 39 through verse number 52. You know, like I said, there's not much mentioned about the early childhood of Jesus. We just see a little bit here and there uh, about him. And we know some about his birth. And we know something about the following days after he was born. We know that Joseph and Mary uh, fled with him into Egypt to prevent the Lord from being killed by Herod. We see that mentioned uh, in the book of Matthew and chapter number 2. But here in our text, uh, the Lord uh, Luke, Lord lets Luke uh, give us an open window so that we can can see a little picture uh, into his uh, youth. Uh, the next time uh, in Scripture when we see the Lord, he's coming into his uh, earthly, earthly ministry. But here we see a period of time where he's a, about a 12-year-old boy, and we see some things that happened in his life and in his parents' life. And when I refer to his parents' life, I'm talking about obviously his mother and Joseph, uh, his earthly father. We know that, that, that was the, the, the God was his father, but uh, he was not his earthly father, but we know uh, that we, we know that um, uh, Joseph was just uh, used of him to look after him and help him, and God used them there. But here we see uh, two grown, responsible adults that lost their child. Two grown, responsible adults that lost their child. We were in Australia, and, and we had our third child there. Audrey and um, uh, my, my wife had gone somewhere doing something and I was taking care of Audrey and we needed to, we needed to go down to, to the store and I put her in the back in the vehicle in the seat and um, I wasn't used to having Audrey by myself. And um, uh, next thing I knew, I was in the grocery store and I remembered that Audrey was still in the car seat. I took off and I ran and ran and ran. And I got there, and thankfully she was still there. But it's easy to forget. 
it's easy to, to get our mind on something uh, that, that we, we, we forget what's going on. I want to read you something here by B.H. Carroll. B.H. Carroll is a commentator from years gone by. And he says, under the Jewish law, the child remained under the teaching of its mother until he was five years old. Then his, responsible, uh, his responsibility was passed to the father until he was 12 years old. And at 12 years of age, uh, he became what is called a son of the law. And from that time forward, the responsibility of his life rests upon himself more than upon his father or his mother. So we see here Jesus at 12 years old sitting here uh, in the temple, uh, talking with the doctors, and he's sitting here, he's, he's asking questions, he's answering questions, and here we find uh, that our text lets us, lets us know that this is taking place during, during the time of the feast of Passover. Look at what the Bible says here in our text. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of Passover. So we know what time it is. Uh, the, turn your Bible, if you will, over the book of Exodus, Leviticus and Exodus. I want to point out a couple of things here. Hold your place there in Luke, and we'll be back uh, shortly. Over in the book of uh, Leviticus, Genesis, Exodus, and Leviticus, Leviticus chapter number 23. Leviticus chapter number 23, uh, the Bible tells us this. Leviticus 23 uh, and verse number 5. The Bible says this, it says, In the fourteenth day of the first month at even is the Lord's Passover. So it tells us here, we know according to this verse here, uh, that Passover was on the first, the fourteenth day of the first month. It, it wasn't a, a the Passover was not a feast that was quickly observed and then it was over with. Uh, it was it was preparations that had to be made for the Passover. Turn your Bible to Exodus chapter number twelve. Exodus chapter number twelve. We find here in, in these verses here, we won't, take, we won't take time to read all of these for sake of time, but we see here in Exodus chapter number 12, God gave us uh, some instruction about the Passover and the Passover lamb. Look, if you will, uh, at verse uh, number um, uh, 3, speaking to all the congregation of Israel, saying, in the tenth day of this month shall you take them every man a lamb. So we see it's talking about is that the lamb was to be taken in the tenth day day of the month. It was to be kept up. It was to be watched until the 14th day of the month. Look at verse number 6. And it shall keep it up until the 14th day of the month. Uh, and in uh, the same month of uh, the same month and the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. So on the 10th they took up the lamb. They took it up and they watched it for four days until the 14th uh, day uh, of the month. So they're watching it. You see, the, the, the first month of the Jewish calendar, the Bible tells us, uh, is the book of Nisan. It's spelled N-I-S-A-N. Uh, the Bible tells us in the book of Esther and verse chapter number 3 and verse number 7, in the first month, that is the month of Nisan. That's why we know that that was their first month. The month of Nisan falls on, and that's the Jewish calendar, the month of Nisan uh, falls uh, in the latter part of our March and the first part of our April. The Feast of Unleavened Bread fell directly after the Passover. The Bible tells us we was in Leviticus earlier in chapter number 23. If you're still there, look at verse number 6. It says, on the 15th day. Now remember, the Passover was on the 14th day. They took up the lamb on the 10th day. Four days later, they had the Passover on the 14th. On the 15th day, verse number 6 of the month, 
of the same month is the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And it tells us at the end of that verse that that feast lasted for seven days. Seven days. Seven days. So what I'm trying to say is this little trip that Joseph and Mary took, it wasn't just a day trip. It was for days. It was for several days. How long they stood that took, took there at that time, you know, the Bible is not very clear. They could have brought their own lamb from Nazareth, or they could have bought a lamb at the sheep market that was in Jerusalem. The Bible tells us about that in the book of John, chapter number 5 and verse number 2. If they did buy their lamb at Jerusalem, they would have had to watch the lamb for four days to make sure it was a good lamb, a perfect lamb without blemish, according to Exodus chapter number 12. So, so it's possible that Joseph and Mary and the group of people, their kinfolk that they were traveling with, they could have stayed in Jerusalem well over a week, I don't know, maybe close to two weeks if they stayed uh, in Jerusalem uh, for the Feast of Unleavened Bread after Passover. i got a lengthy introduction. I'm getting to my message. Just stay with me. What I'm trying to say, look at verse number, back in Luke and Luke chapter number 2 and verse number 43. What I'm trying to say is, again, that this was not just a weekend trip. Look what our Bible says in Luke chapter number 2 and verse number 20, or verse number 43. And when they had fulfilled the days, days, plural, when they had fulfilled the days, they were a long ways from home. They were at Jerusalem. Jerusalem is south of Nazareth. As the crow flies, not on that crooked road that they was probably on, but as the crow flies, Jerusalem was 64 miles south of where they were from in Nazareth. They had come to Nazareth. No doubt they were tired. No doubt uh, they were, they'd, been, they'd been away from home for possibly a week or two weeks, however long they'd been uh, in Jerusalem observing uh, this, this feast time, the Passover, and all of these things. They, they were probably tired and ready to get home. Bible doesn't tell us how they traveled, but I can almost promise you they didn't ride in here like good air-conditioned and heated vehicles like we did today. They might have been in wagons. They might have been on, uh, on a donkey or a camel. They might have walked. We don't know uh, how they traveled, uh, but it, uh, it could have been that they walked. We don't know. The Bible tells us here that they were traveling with a crowd. Look at what the Bible tells us here in verse number 44. And when they had fulfilled the day, or verse 44, I was in 43. 44, it says, and when, but when they supposed him to have been in, in the company when a day's journey. So there's a, there's a company of people with them. They were, they were seeking among their friends and kinsfolk when they couldn't uh, find him. Uh, Strong's Concordance defines a company as a company of a travelers or associates uh, on a journey or a caravan. So there's a, there's a good amount of people that came from Nazareth to Jerusalem for this feast. The Bible doesn't tell us, like I said, how they traveled, but they were, they were, as their days were fulfilled uh, in Jerusalem, they were headed home. It says in verse 43, And when they fulfilled the days... As they return. So they're headed home. It's a busy time. It's an exciting time. They'd caught up with friends, no doubt, of others that had come into Jerusalem for this time of Passover. Uh, they'd just celebrated uh, the Passover lamb and by faith to atone for their sin. Yes. They were trusting that God would one day send the Messiah. They, they were believing uh, that God was going to send that spotless Lamb of God uh, to take away uh, the sin of the world. 
No doubt, like I said, they'd seen friends from old times gone by and acquaintances and they were busy fellowshipping with one another and somehow, and amongst all of this good time and all of this excitement and all of the tiredness that goes with it that's on their way home and somehow they'd forgot to make sure that Jesus was with them when they was going back to Jerusalem. The Bible tells us in verse number 44 that they had gone a day's journey whole day's journey before they even realized that he wasn't with them. You know, we often do the same thing. We do the same thing. We get busy. We're going through the hustle and bustle and the routines in life and forget to make sure the Lord is with us. Now, I know the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 13, I believe it's verse number 5, he said, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. So don't get to thinking, I, I believe that he's, we're going to lose our salvation. I believe in the eternal spirit of the believer, just as this Bible teaches and proclaims. But many times we're guilty of walking off and doing what we want to do and not considering where Jesus is and where he wants us to be and what he wants us to do. We can learn some important lessons from Joseph and Mary. What can we learn? A way of introduction, I like to say this, that we can lose his presence Immediately after worship. You see what they've been doing? They came to Jerusalem to sacrifice the Passover. To, to, to believe by faith that that Passover lamb was atoning for their sin for that coming year. We can lose the Lord's presence right after worship. We can have a good service. God can come in here and meet with us. And if we're not careful, before we get out that door... Our mind is on something else. Not only can we lose the Lord's presence right after worship, we can lose His presence even when we've been faithful to God for many years. You say, brother, you don't know me. I've been serving God for many, many years. I've been saved a long time. Praise the Lord. The Bible says here in verse number 41, His parents went to Jerusalem Every year. It wasn't just some fly-by-night thing with them. They were faithful. They were serving God. You can, lose the, you can lose the Lord's presence right after worship. You can lose the Lord's presence even though you've been faithful to Him uh, for many years. You can think that He's with you just because He's part of the family. You can think He's with you just because He's part of the family. We was having a mission conference in Mississippi at our church there when we were there. And, and I, I, my wife and I drove separate vehicles that day. I had responsibilities of church different too. And um, I didn't know it, but Preston, he was a young teenager at that time. And, and he was back in one of the Sunday school rooms playing a game with one of the other missionary children. I didn't see him around. I assumed that Amy took him home. I got home and she said, where's Preston? I said, well, I thought you brought him home. You know what? We can think the Lord's with us just because He's part of the family. Sometimes, sometimes we're guilty of walking off. Sometimes we're guilty of going and doing our own thing. You can lose the Lord's presence by supposing that He's going the way that you're going. Another thing I see here in the Scripture is that the presence of others will overshadow His absence. Yeah. 
We get around a lot of other people, a lot of busyness, and we don't even know he's gone. But I think the most important lesson that we can learn from Joseph and Mary is what they did to get him back. What they did to get him back in their presence. And that's what I want to talk about this morning. That's what I want to preach to you about. Don't forget the Lord. How do we get him back? How do we get him back to where we are? How do we get back to where he is? How do we get back to where God has his presence in our lives? We can wonder. We can wander far from God's presence. But we need to, get, need to know how to get back. We need to, need to know how to get back so the fellowship is restored in our lives. You see, when Joseph and Mary left Jerusalem, they is headed back uh, to Nazareth, going back north. And, and, um, but they, they didn't, it didn't change their relationship. They were still his parents. They were still his earthly parents. But you know what it changed? You know what it changed when, it wasn't, when he wasn't with them anymore? It changed the closeness. It, cha- it changed, it changed, um, it changed uh, the communication that they had. It changed, it changed their course. They had to turn around. And that's the same way when a child of God wanders uh, from the Lord. We don't lose our sonship. We don't lose our position uh, with the Lord. The Bible tells us that he that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. Jesus said, I'll never leave them nor, for, neither leave you nor forsake you. He said, he, he said, neither no man's going to be able to pluck you out of his Father's hand. He said, I'm glad, I'm glad the Word of God tells us that we're secure in Him. But if we're not careful, we'll wander far from Him. Like I said, we don't lose our sonship, but we do lose our fellowship. We can lose our fellowship and we can lose the joy of His presence. So what did they do? What did they do to get Jesus back? First thing I'd like to say is number one is this. Number one, look at your Bible, Luke chapter number two, verses number 43 and verse number 44. Number one, they realized He was gone. 43 and 44 it says, And when they had fulfilled the days, as they returned, the child Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem, and Joseph and his mother knew not of it, but they supposing him to have been in the company when a day's journey, and they sought him among their kinfolk and acquaintance. They realized that he was gone. Hey, hey, for them to realize, for them to realize that he was gone, what they had to do, they had to admit. He wasn't there. They had to admit some things. They had to admit his absence. You know, the biggest problem amongst those that are away from God is to get them to admit that I have walked away from God. I have wandered far from God, gotten away from God. The Bible tells us here in verse number 44 that they had gone a day's journey. They'd gone a day's journey. Surely they would have had to stop and to rest and to feed the animals that was they with and check on one another. But they, they, had to, they had gone a whole, the Bible says here, a day's journey. I really wonder how far a person can, 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 can walk or can travel in a day. The Bible says uh, that, that, they, that they had gone a day's journey outside of Jerusalem on their way back to Nazareth on that 64-mile trip. I looked up one time that a trained walker I'm talking about those that walk them, walk, you know, those marathons, they say they're walking, but they really look like they're running to me, you know. They say a trained walker can walk 26.2 miles in eight hours. 
I really don't think they was walking that fast. I think they had young. I think they had animals. I don't know how far they'd gone in that day. I'd say they'd probably gone 10 to 15 miles. On a day's, they'd gone a day's journey and they had forgot the Lord. So many people don't realize that they've walked off and left the Lord until they need Him. Say, God, where are you? What's going on? Where did I leave you? And they turn around and the Lord's not there. You can get a long ways from God spiritually in one day. You can get a long ways away from God. You say, what do you mean, brother? Ask Peter. Ask Peter. He said, no, Lord, I'll, I'll, not, I'll, I'll die with you. I won't deny you. Amen. Jesus said, you're going to deny me three times. You're going to deny me three times. Amen. Hey, you can get away from the God in a long ways in just one day. They realized he was gone. Number two, look at, her, look at your Bible. They reviewed the situation. Look at verse number 44. And when, but they supposing him to have been in the, the company went a day's journey and they sought him among their kinfolks and acquaintance. They reviewed the situation. They realized that the Lord wasn't in their midst. They started looking among the kinfolks and their acquaintances and they said, have you seen Jesus? Do you know where Jesus is? Have you seen the Lord? Where is he? Who's the last one who saw him? What's he doing? Is he hiding somewhere? Do you know where Jesus is? They reviewed the situation. When you realize that you're not walking with the Lord like you once were, you need to stop. You need to look what's going on and review the situation and see what your next step's going to be. I'm going to ask you like this this morning. Are you going to stay like you are or are you going to do something about it? Are you going to look and see what's going on? Are you going to review the situation and do something about it? They realized he was gone. They reviewed the situation. But number three, look at verse number 45. They didn't remain where they were. The Bible says, and when they had found him not, they reviewed the situation. They didn't find him. And it says when they found him not, they turned back again to Jerusalem seeking him. They didn't remain uh, where they were. Can you imagine? Can you imagine Joseph and Mary saying this? Oh, y'all go on back to Nazareth. We're going to wait here and see if Jesus catches up. That's not what they said. They looked for him. They looked for him. They couldn't find him. And the Bible says they turned back to Jerusalem. They didn't remain where they were. You know, it's a sad, it's a sad position to be in when you know you're away from God and you're not wanting to do nothing about it. You're just happy and content to sit where you are. Hey, you better turn back. You better turn back. Turn back. Turn back. I'm glad that we can be restored. I'm glad that our fellowship with the Lord, when we get away as God's children, I'm glad that we can come back to Him and ask for mercy, and I'm glad for His forgiveness. You know, uh, David got away from God in the Old Testament. God sent Nathan the prophet to him. He said, said, you're the man, you're the one. And we see in the book of uh, Psalms in Psalm 51 how that David repented and David got right with God. I'm glad that we can come back to Him as a child of God and confess our sin and say, God, I'm sorry and I was wrong and I need this to be right in my life. I need your help. Read Psalm 51. David come back and got right with God. He said, God, would you restore unto me the joy of my salvation or thy salvation? God, I need my joy back. You walk away from God and you leave Jesus somewhere. Hey, our joy is not going to be what it should be. Don't remain. They didn't remain where they were. The Lord's, we need to the Bible tells us in James 4, 8, draw nigh to God, and He'll draw nigh to you. 
You know what that means? That means if I take a step, he'll take a step. If I take another step, he'll take a step. He said, if I draw nigh to him, he'll draw nigh to me. Oh, don't, don't, don't stay like you are. If you stepped away from God, don't stay like you are. Hey, uh, get back with the Lord. Get back in touch with Him. I'm, the Lord isn't the one that makes the first step. It's us. It says if we'll draw nigh to Him, He'll draw nigh to us. You take a step and He'll take a step. Turn your Bible, hold your place here in Luke chapter number 2 and turn your Bible over the book of Revelation. Revelation chapter number 2. Revelation chapter number 2. Here we have uh, the church at Ephesus. Jesus says there to that church in Ephesus in verse number 5, Remember therefore from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do thy first works, or else I'll come unto thee quickly, and remove thy candlestick out of uh, his place, except thou repent. Three things here we see in that verse. Jesus said, I need you to remember, 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 remember from whence thou art fallen. You remember how it used to be? You remember how fresh it used to be when God saved you and you was right with God and doing the things for Him and living for Him? Do you remember the joy? He said, do you remember? Then he said, repent. 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 Turn back to Him. Get right with Him. Repent. You see, it's not just as lost people that we need to repent and be saved. We repent. You, look, you read through the Psalms. David was repenting all of his life. You see, there was two, Israel's first king he was head and shoulders, Saul, above everybody. Looked, looked to be good, like a good man. David was small and ruddy, probably redheaded. And, you know, nothing wrong with being redheaded. I used to have redhead before it went gray. But <clears throat> the Bible says David was a, was a man after God's own heart. But David was a murderer. David was an adulterer. Da- da- David did things... You say, how can he say it with God's, he was after God's own heart? Saul had opportunity to repent. He didn't, he, he didn't obey. He didn't repent. But David did wrong and he repented. Amen. He did wrong and he repented. Amen. He did wrong and he repented. That's not a license to sin and live like we want to. It's just that he, could, he knew what he was. Amen. He knew he was just flesh. He knew that he needed to get right with God. Why was David a man after God's own heart? Because he kept getting right with God. God, you're right, and I'm wrong. I need your help, God. Please help me. Would you restore unto me the joy of thy salvation? They didn't remain where they were. Look number four, if you will, at verse number 45. Number four, they retraced their steps. Back in Luke chapter number two and verse number 45. They retraced their steps. It says in verse 45, And when they found him not, they turned back again to Jerusalem, seeking him. I don't think they waited for the sun to come up. They'd gone a day's journey. I don't think they spent the night. I think they went right back, uh, going back, uh, looking for him. I think they went right back uh, straight away, uh, as the Australians would just say. Right away, as we would say here. Hey, they went back uh, to find the Lord. I believe they turned back as soon as they figured out that he wasn't in their group. That's what any reasonable parent would have done. 
when we realize we're not walking with the Lord, we need to start retracing our steps and figure out where we lost fellowship with Him. Where was it that I lost fellowship with Him? Where was it that you lost fellowship with Him? I'm not preaching just to you this morning. I'm preaching to me. Hey, I'm on the same ground that you're on. Hey, I'm just a sinner saved by the grace of God and I still have to struggle uh, with the flesh that I live in. I still have to struggle with the wickedness that's in my own heart. The Bible says the heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. Hey, hey, our heart is still that way. I'm glad my soul saved, my spirit saved, my body's not saved yet. I still have to deal with this flesh. And the Bible says the flesh is weak. I'm not just preaching to you this morning, I'm preaching to me too. What was it? What was it that helped me to get away from God? What was it that tripped me up? What was it? Was it that wicked thought that I allowed my mind to dwell on? Was it that second look that I just couldn't resist? Was it a drink or a smoke or a dip that I allowed to defile my temple? Was it the internet or the television or the radio that's keeping me away from God? Was it some app or some game on my phone or my tablet? What is it? Was it when I failed to read my Bible? Was it failed when I uh, didn't spend time in prayer? Was it when the Lord impressed me upon, the, to be, upon me to be a witness of somebody? And I said, no, not today. What was it? Retrace your steps. Figure out the problem. Deal with it. Deal with it. The Bible says in Hebrews 12 and verse number 1, let us lay aside every weight. Let us lay aside every weight. Every weight. It didn't say sin. It says let us lay aside every weight. And then it says, and the sin which does so easily beset us. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Every weight. I used to be, I'm 51 years old. I used to be in pretty good shape. 1989, I ran on the state championship cross-country team. Man, there wasn't an ounce of fat on my body. And now it's a different story. What I'm saying is, when we was running, we didn't want to carry any weight. Used to when we'd train, sometimes we'd put sandbags on, sometimes we'd do different things to hinder us, to make us stronger. But when we was running, we didn't want nothing to slow us down. Those things, there's maybe things in our lives, maybe it might not be a sin, but it's a weight. It's slowing us down. It's keeping us from serving God like we need to. Let us lay aside every weight. They retraced their steps. They went back to Jerusalem. Not only did they retrace their steps, look at number 5, uh, verse number 45 uh, in our scripture. It says, and when they found him not, they returned back. They didn't just retrace their steps. They went all the way back. They returned to Jerusalem. Can you see them as they're retracing their steps? Joseph and Mary, can you see them as they're carrying their lanterns into the night? Can you see them and hear them calling out, Jesus, Jesus, can you hear me, son? Where are you? What's going on? Has some wild beast got him? What's going on? They didn't know. I'm sure they uh, disturbed in their thoughts, trying to figure things out. Where are you, Jesus? I really don't know how far you have to go back before you find the Lord. But he'll be right where you left him. He'll be right where you left him. For some, for some it's when they quit church. And people don't quit church just all at once. They'll start missing, oh, maybe once a month, once a week. Oh, we'll cut out the midweek service. Or we just miss Sunday school every once in a while. We just, no, we're not going to come on Sunday night. 
The step keeps slipping back. Somebody's got to sit in the back. I'm not fussing you to sit in the back. But I'm just saying you don't quit church just all at once. For some, it's when they quit reading and praying. You can be a faithful church and not be in your Bible and prayer. For some, it's when uh, they refuse to forgive another brother or sister in the Lord. So I, you don't know what they did. You know what we did? Yeah. You know what I did to offend the Lord? You know, yeah. He died for my sin. Yeah. My sin, your sin, put Him on the cross. He died for my sin. My past sin that I did before I was saved, yeah. sin that I committed yesterday, yeah. sin that I'll commit today, yes, sir. He died for the sin that I'll do tomorrow. He said, oh, brother, we don't sin. Oh, yes, we do sin. Amen. We do sin. We do get away from God. And I'm glad there's forgiveness Amen. with God. The Bible says there's forgiveness with, with thee that thou mayest be feared. The Bible says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sin, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I'm glad uh, that He will forgive us. You for, he said, for some, uh, it, for some, it's when they refuse to forgive another brother or sister in the Lord. You know, my, my mind keeps going back to that verse, Matthew chapter number, Matthew chapter number um, uh, four. It is no man. Matthew chapter number six. Matthew chapter number six. Here in in verse number um, fifteen, Jesus said, "But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses." Okay. I'm mad at so-and-so. You don't know what they've done, Brother Ellis. I don't. They made you mad. They offended you. And you're just not going to forgive them. Jesus said, you don't forgive me in their trespasses, I'm not forgiving you. Amen. When we get stubborn and bitter and we don't want God, to, we don't want to forgive somebody else, God says, all right, it's going to stop right here. We've got to get that right if we're going to be right with God. Amen. For some, maybe not be forgiven, unforgiveness, but it might be that root of bitterness. That thing that you can't just let go of. That's been hounding you. That's been going on you. And it's just keep, you keep going back to it. And you just can't get over it. The thing about roots is they don't stay the same. They grow. They grow. When we was missionaries in Australia, we had the, the, the house where we lived. There's a, we lived on the side of a mountain. And up the back of the mountain, behind the house, we lived in a split-level house. And, and, and the garage was on the base, obviously on the, the bottom level. And we had to step up out of the back door to go out the backyard. And we had a grate there uh, that was a little box. Uh, it was formed up in concrete and it had a drain line but it wouldn't drain. It'd fill up. If we had a good rain, the water would come in the garage. I got, you know, brother, I got tired of that. I said, I know I, this is clogged up and we got to do something about it. So I got me a big strong uh, piece of steel and I put a hook on it and I pushed it up in there and I could, yep, it's plugged. So I twist a little bit, grab some, and I just pulled out little bitty roots size of a pencil lid. Pulled a little bit out, Kept going, pulled more out. The whole four-inch line, Brother Pollard, the whole four-inch line was filled up and stopped because of little things. Amen. Little things. 
little things in my life. Bitterness. If we're not careful, if we're not careful, we'll take over. They returned to Jerusalem. They found Jesus where they left Him. One thing that Joseph and Mary found out is that it takes longer to find the Lord than it does to lose Him. They lost Him in one day's journey, but they searched for Him for three days. They searched for Him for three days. You may get away from God, but it'll take you longer to get back. Take you longer to get back spiritually than it did for you to backslide. Oh, it's easy to slide. It's easy to go quick down the slide. But it's another thing to climb back to the top. Come back to God. Come back to where, where, he, where, he, where He can have that sweet communion and fellowship where He can work in your heart, where you've got uh, uh, the touch of God and the burden for others and the compassion to want to be able to do something uh, for Him. The Bible says in the book of Jude, and some have compassion making a difference. God help us to make a difference for Him. They returned to Jerusalem. They didn't stay where they are, were. But the last thing this morning I'll point out to you in verse number 46 uh, through 49, back in our chapter, is number, number 6 is they experienced a reunion. Oh, what a joy. Amen. Be able to be back together again. Hey, uh, we, we, we stopped in Vicksburg uh, on the way through. Uh, we took the southern route, come through on 20. We want to stop and see some friends. And we was able to see our former pastor and his wife. And we spent eight years with the ministry there. And it was just a joy uh, to be able to be reunited again. Yes, we talk. Yes, we text. But there's nothing to like uh, to be in somebody's presence. Be able to get a hug. Hey, I'm telling you, hey, uh, they were back with the Lord Jesus. They experienced a reunion. They were looking for Him for three days, the Bible tells us here in verse number 46. But I wonder, see the Bible tells us here in verse 46 and says it came to pass that after three days they found Him in the temple. Amen. They found Him in the temple. I wonder if they went. I wonder if they just went there first. Where'd they go? All around Jerusalem. They went all around looking for Him. Three days. But on the third day, they finally went back to the house of God. Amen. Amen. Well, why, why is it that we look here and we look there and we look there? We need to get back to the house of God. Amen. We need to get back to what the Bible says. We need to get back. Uh, the Bible says, and judgment must first begin at, at the Lord's house. What the Bible says, paraphrase there. I know I didn't quote that right. Hey, if they had just gone to the house of God first, they could have saved them such a great deal of heartache. Get back to God. Don't lose the Lord's presence. Amen. We need to remember that Christ can always be found close to God's altar. Amen. Hey, they come, in the they come in there and they, they found Him. Why have you done this to us, son? He said, didn't you know? Didn't you know? He said here, he said, how is it that you sought me? Wished you not that, you, that I must be about my father's business? Oh, we can find Him right where we left Him. Right where we left him. Amen. And when we find him there, when we find him, you know what he did? You know what he did? The Bible tells us here in verse number 51. It says, And he went down with them and came to Nazareth uh, and was subject to them, but his mother kept all these things in her heart. You know what they did? You know what he did when he found them? He said, I'm going home with you. Amen. I'm going home with you. Amen. If you get back right with him, he'll go home with you. He'll go home with you. As we stand this morning, 
standing over the congregation. I'm not a long preacher, but I'm preach till I'm done, and that's it. If I preach longer than I'm, longer than what I got, I'll just be blowing out cold air. But this morning, as our, I want our um, song director and musician to come, we're going to have a, a, a hymn of invitation. And if God's dealt with you this morning, it's not about it's not my brother, it's not my sister, but it's me, O Lord, standing near the prayer. I don't know where you are. I don't know where you are and you walk with the Lord. I don't know any of you. I don't know any. I don't know what's going on in your life. But God does. And if you need to come to this altar this morning, come back to Him. Let's have a word of prayer.